When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Doghouse Systems at DoghouseSystems.com. I love a good gaming computer, and I got mine at Doghouse Systems, and so should you. Check them out today. That's DoghouseSystems.com. <laughs> The World of Warcraft podcast, so you don't have to. This is the instance. Hello, everybody. Gather round the fire. I don't know why I'm an Irish pirate, uh, but whatever. Is, is that Irish? <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Let me start that. Sure. Tommy, sure. There's Irish. And we're both Irish today. Pull, pull, pull up a log and let's tell a tale. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to go all RP. It is Thanksgiving Day! <laughs> Everyone's favorite. No, it's actually Black Friday. It is Black uh, Friday. It's the blackest. Pain. Yeah. It's the blackest of days, Terpster. This is the day where uh, we the as a. The darkest time. Yeah, we as a people go the out and spend. We, we spend too much money on dumb things and. And uh, that'll be great for everybody, I suppose. But not me. I'm here recording a podcast. With the one, the only, the Terpster. Oh. I'm happy to be doing that. Yeah, it's me. Yeah. You... I'm thrilled, obviously. And uh, I've, I've spent far too much money today, Scott, on things I do not need. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all that alcohol isn't going to drink itself. Mm-hmm. So I noticed that, by the way, do my bit. before we dive in here, I, I tried to go to, because the gear store, the Blizzard gear store had a load of uh, sales mm. and good deals and stuff. Yeah. And, um, of course, everything I wanted was gone. It was it was terrible. Oh. I I guess I waited too long, but I don't know what too long was. Maybe thirty seconds. Uh, but I got into there it's to been go buy a it. Been a week, so that's the thing. You feel weak. You know they've been they've done different stuff each day, and like Warcraft was on like Wednesday. You know Warcraft Wednesdays. I see what they were doing. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so they did different stuff, like thirty percent off stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and then flash deals. You know, if you want some cute but deadly stuff or things like that. Yeah. I didn't feel like you missed out on anything, Scott. Mm, there were a cu- there were a couple things. I all that was left by the time I got in there was like StarCraft two wall hanging thing, uh, some kind of other weird wow. deal for a game no one's playing right now. <laughs> like it was none of the none of the hot yeah. stuff. Nothing Overwatchy. Nothing Heroesy. Nothing nothing uh, Hearthstoney. It was all sold out, so it was all it was down to the dregs. But that's okay. But look, I missed out. Everyone else, I hope you got what you wanted, and that Blizzard treated you well. It's a good thing as well, because obviously Blizzard now it's like that's like a cleansing fire through a, a you know a, a dense forest, mm. and now with all of those old lines out of stock and gone, it's left room for new life to emerge, Whoa. and we can get excited about new merchandise that comes out that we don't need, but we kind of want. Yeah, like the. Um... I'd like a perfume that that comes out in a green mist called Oh uh, wow. Varian's scent the scent of Varian or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I like I I I'd like the taint of Varian. Varian's taint. <laughs> yeah. Taint your taint yeah. with Varian's taint. With Varian's it's taint. Like, oh. yeah. yeah. I can see the com- sniff, sniff sniff my nethers. 
It smells of royalty down I, there. I can see uh I can see the commercials now. Black and white, very, very ostentatious. I like it. Uh all right. So we're doing a little bit of a special thing since it's a bit of a holiday weekend here in the States. Uh and half the world seems to have shut itself down at least for a day or two. Terps and I thought we'd get together and, and talk about... Uh, is it, so I, I wouldn't call this like a straight-up hardcore lore episode, but it is uh, lore-focused, no. story-focused. We're gonna, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna dance around probably a lot of spoilers. Um, so heads up, um, if you want to kind of remain innocent uh, for the end of this expansion and the beginning of the next, um, maybe don't listen. Um, but at the same time, I don't know how bad it all is. We don't know how accurate we're going to be because there's there's st- exactly. Yeah. We're, I'm more than likely wrong on everything, right? Um, but uh, there are some things we do know. So, um, yeah. Whoops. So before so before we do that, um, and and what what brought this along in my head was like, um, you know, after seeing the cinematic specifically, there's a lot going on in there that begs us to start asking questions about characters and their interactions with each other um motivations and and where sylvanas at in terms of her her hellbent revenge and her uh her her need to 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 finish this job that she's been handed and and anduin slash manduin and and him stepping up to the plate and and leading the alliance in, in a pretty epic way in that self-same thing but also you know some side players like gen Greymane seems like revenge boy uh since the death of his king he he seems to um i i feel like there's more political thread there than we're being shown right now and uh there's a lot of yeah, there's you gotta remember with most most rulers they're they're kind of a product of their small council you know those, those people around them the 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 privy council or whatever you want to call them they you know they advise the king or the monarch in question they say ah oh, my liege we should we should plant more crops. Winter's coming, and uh, or we should hire some mercenaries. We need to defend our lands. You know, yeah. you are a product of the information and advice you get, and so um, someone like Gen is uh, on Anduin's council. You know, he's counselled by both Gen and um, um, what's his face, Valen, Prophet Valen. So uh, you know they. They, you know, we kind of got almost the sort of the devil and angel on the shoulder. Um, historically, we've had, you know, these two people kind of um, uh, advising him, you know, either way. But then sometimes what we saw during Legion is actually them kind of leaving him out of discussions, feeling he wasn't ready, you know, and actually that this was a thing that, you know, Gen and Velen had to go and do. Mm. Uh, and then Anduin stepping up and saying, like, no, actually. I am the king now, and I realize I'm, I'm not the boy I once was. It's important now that I uh, become the king I need to be. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see the development that's going on on the Alliance. Um, obviously, from, that, from the cinematic, uh, it's very heroic on both sides. Both sides have great moments, and we know that, in theory, we pick up right where that cinematic finishes. Um, so I don't know quite how that's going to work in game. Are we going to go to, will we get a quest? We go to, uh, under city lauder on and then the cinematic plays and then we carry on Yeah. or do we join it mid battle? You know, we go there and they're already fighting and like, you know, it'd be interesting to see kind of quite 
how that happens. Mm. Uh, but I think the, the end result is believed to be that the Alliance take the Undercity back. Um, you know, Lordaeron becomes an Alliance area once again, as the Alliance controls the whole of the Eastern Kingdoms, bar um, Silvermoon to the north. Right. And the Horde controls all of Kalimdor, with uh, Teldrassil being burnt down, and obviously already Theramore being gone. Um, the Azir Isles, where the Draenei are, I think will remain as well in a similar fashion to the Blood Elves up in Silvermoon. But in essence, we have you know red on the left, blue on the right, and stuck in the middle uh, with uh, with you will be uh, these new um, continents, these new islands. Of Kulturas and uh, uh, is it? It's not Zulaman. What's it called? Uh, 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 oh, sh- shite! What? Troll, troll, troll land, troll town, troll town, troll town. Yeah. Um, so they're the Amari. Zandalari, Zandalari, Zandalari. Exactly. There we go. Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, a lot of research went into this. So we've got these two. We've got these two warring. You know where we kind of we spill out, and I guess it's almost like staging grounds to attack the other continent. You know, first we need to have these these island uh, strongholds uh, secured. We need to secure the help of these powerful navies that exist on these lands, um, in the hopes of then eradicating the other side, which has kind of long been the the goal by various people within the game. You know, we had, you know, obviously the Black Prince uh, in the form of Rathian um, wanted one side to win so that they wouldn't have the distraction of the other when they fought back the Legion. Now, the Legion's come and gone, and we now have taken it to kind of be like, well, without a big bad guy to distract us, we've gone back into our petty squabbles. Mm -hmm. So that's quite interesting in that it wasn't that Sylvanas has been corrupted by the Lich King. Uh, Anduin's become uh, a, a a warlock and has set fire to everyone. You know, it's very much like no, it's not a it's not a big bad issue. It's the persistent underlying constant issue we have in Azeroth, which is uh, xenophobia and racism. You know, we don't like the others. We like our own tribes. We like our own dudes. Um, we don't like those green-coloured guys over there, or those uh, blue tentacled-faced guys over there. Right. You know, it's it's very much this uh, this conflict that's always been there, but mm. now is really bubbled to the surface. Yeah. And I love, from a gameplay perspective, we're actually going to have a living, breathing, progressing world. You know, Undercity being in the shackles and the hull of Lordaeron to finally see that reclaimed. That'd be amazing. Yeah. As to what they do with it, who knows? Yeah, I'm you know, really curious about that. Where, where are they in and build the city on the top again? Right. Are they just going to allianceify the the undercity? The undercity was never a particularly well designed city. No one goes there and goes like, "Oh, blimey, this is conveniently laid out and <laughs> easy to navigate." You know, it's it's horrible. And it was at one point even worse. They had like even more levels, and it was all split everywhere. Um, but maybe now they've got the skill sets to design a better city. So this is a great way to be like, okay, cool. Let's build another faction hub here. I don't know if they need to, like in terms of, I don't feel like the Alliance was feeling, we don't have a capital city in that area that would be useful to us. Well, maybe they just, uh, so, maybe they just re reclaim, 
quote unquote the upper city and it and they just get some roofs on and you know clean it up some and, mm-hmm. and, and the basement becomes a thing of the past like I, I don't I don't yeah. know it just seems like it seems like if you're going to take that thing over and it was primarily a human run joint to begin with and they bring it back to its former glory I don't think they want to spend any time down in the sewers I think they're done with that you know, and so then I just then raise the question: What's the value for Blizzard, the game designers, to spend the time redeveloping yeah. that city? You know, what is its purpose? And sure. maybe its purpose is to flesh out the world, make it feel more living and breathing, to make it something that they can all be proud of. You know, they built the beautiful. Um, uh, I was going to say Shatrath then. Um, uh, he was in Legion. Oh, um, Nightfallen. Nightfallen. Um, uh, the uh, the Suramar. Suramar, there you go. I can't remember anything today. Uh, but they built the beautiful Suramar. It felt like a massive, sprawling, beautiful city. Um, it was great to quest in. It wouldn't necessarily be the best place to go to the auction house in. I imagine kind of you'd have to have it would turn into a silver moon of quite having a you know a little bit too big mm-hmm. for, for for what it was. Sure. But it it felt you know like a city from the sky. It looked great. I could see them being able to do stuff like that. That would be impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, I don't know what will happen there. But anyway, what we're seeing is that, you know, we, we, we start off and before this happens, evidently, so I'm guessing in the pre-patch, um, Tilda still is burnt down. Yeah. Now, we don't know by whom. Some people theorize it may be uh, forces within the Alliance trying to force the hand of yeah. uh you know the alliance as a whole and Anduin. Yeah, they call that a action. They call that a, f- a false flag potentially. Like the the, the oh, idea yeah. being that somebody like Gen Greymane, somebody with, uh, within the power structure, would uh, make this happen covertly, and then have it. You know, of course, blame the other side and say, "Well, this is a cause for war. This is now justification for us uh, to do this." And in Gen's mind, this would be ju- he would be able to justify that level of loss because overall you'd be able to take back, you know, you'd be able to take back Azeroth as an idea. And it's mm. not a, not a unusual concept in actual, you know, there's, there's historic uh, realism to this. People do this all the time. False flags are a thing. And, and this, that could be an interesting angle. We have zero idea if that's the case, but it is something people are floating around um, a lot of. And, and do you think if that's, let's just, let's say that that's true. Uh, that forces within the alliance have, have made that happen, and will of course have to atone at some point for it, or or at least account for it. Uh, do you like the Gen Grey main angle? No, no, I, I don't. I mean, for for me personally, I think that actually, um, Gen it, it starts becoming a bit pantomime villain again. Like like the justification needs to be that someone's done something past just this is inevitable these you know when idle warring factions like nothing would unite the globe more than if aliens arrived especially if those aliens wanted to kill us mm-hmm. because all of a sudden we're like hey cool okay well yeah i don't mind you know syria you know we're gonna you know we'll worry about this later you know we, we need to concentrate on you know i think we can all agree team human should be fighting team alien right now we shouldn't be fighting amongst ourselves Right. Um, and I think that that would galvanize people and unify people. Once those aliens are dealt with, you know, I might still be saying to, you know, like, hey, I kind of feel like that bit of land over there in Israel belongs to us. Uh, yeah, how do you feel about, you know, 
and all of a sudden you slowly slip back into these old ways. So I don't feel like it needs to be some insidious plot. I don't know if it necessarily adds anything to those characters. It makes Gen into a individual, but maybe that works. Mm. Uh, I like the idea that uh, the that there's more fallout in that. I love the idea. Some people think that uh, Theresa Windrunner, um, who is the the widow of Ronin, um, that she gets uh, killed in that uh, engagement uh, around burning the tree. And that Sylvanas raises her as uh, kind of her sister inside, you know, like to 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 rule alongside her. Mm. Um, maybe that would be cool in terms of dividing the Windrunner sisters, but having two on one side. Maybe that works. Maybe it doesn't. Um, with Verissa basically representing um, Void Elves in in a, in a sense. So Alaria obviously is the Void Elf right. currently in the game. She's learned how to do that. The Void Elves that become the playable races that we get to play are apparently High Elves, which then is kind of historically has been too small of a faction to ever be considered uh, another racial faction that we could have on the Alliance. They've been in the Alliance, but they've never been playable. So um, Verisa and um, Illyria are High Elves. it was the blood elves were originally high elves before uh, Arthas destroyed their city and then turned uh, silver moon became they became blood elves the cinderai the kind of the fallen elves uh, in search of revenge because of Kelfat and things like that so it's a weird it's a weird kind of mix of those different elves and how they all work but I kind of like the idea that with the sisters they can kind of put them on different sides. But there's three of them, so it's tricky. Yeah. Currently, we have Sylvanas, obviously, is Horde. She's the leader of the Horde. Sure. Uh, and then you've got uh, Alaria is not married, I don't think. Yeah. What is their What is know, their relationship status? With, what do we call that? I think the thing is, is they're so they're so old now <laughs> in their in their time. They've spent hundreds of years together. Yeah. They 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 sired a child together, and uh, and that's cool. I think they both were very much in love. However, I kind of get the whole, like, I don't know. Alaria feels like she didn't drink the Kool-Aid. Um, Talarian, I think he did. Yeah. Like, he, you know, he, you know he, got, he got very much invested with Zira and the light and became light-forged. And potentially, I don't know, I, I, I don't know if the spark was still there in their, in their partnership. Sure. I I, I I agree with that. I don't know, <laughs> man. They're a complicated couple, in my opinion, and I'm and yeah. I and I think they've got a they've got a role to play. It's like um, you know, they're very tail end of this expansion that we're in right now. Obviously, they were they were injected late, and uh, yeah, I have a feeling that they're going to be uh, we'll, we will we will have plenty of of the of the thousand year couple in the next expansion. Uh, is certainly at yeah. the top of it. Yeah, I think that's going to be that's going to be super interesting. But if you, I think yeah. Torellian being, you know, obviously he he was the high general of the alliance. You know, he's not seen in that cinematic. Um, he might be there, uh, but equally he may be kind of seeing himself now above uh, the the petty squabbles of the alliance and the horde. I don't know. Um, 
Alaria always hated the Horde. Uh, she blamed the Horde for a lot of things, including the loss of her family mm-hmm. and hometown. And she fought them in the Second War. And, um, you know, obviously has learned of a lot of destruction that happened since. So I, I can see how Torellian would be a little bit more um, uh, resistant uh, to to it than Alaria. But still, yeah, they are... Uh, they're a new faction uh, in and of themselves, potentially. But we've got the Lightforged Drenai joining the Alliance would kind of indicate that the Army of the Light falls in line behind Prophet Velen and Torellian. Sure. Um, so we then get the Void Elves joining the Alliance as well. That would make sense in terms of Alarian and both joining the Alliance. Their subsequent sub-factions are part of the Alliance. That's cool. You can kind of get your head around it. Mm. Um, the the horde getting um, high mountain Tauren. I mean, that's cool. I guess it's you know if you like if you like antlers, now you can have those instead of horns. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a it's a subtle difference. But then I guess you know, Lightforged Drenai have slightly different hairstyles, yeah. uh, prettier faces. That's, more customization that's true the, yeah, the, think, and yeah, also yeah. those torrents are there there's an attitude tonal thing too like it's a different like there's a cultural twist that, that i kind of like so I, mm. I i'm actually kind of excited about those guys despite the fact that it's really just their horns it's really the only difference between them and normal chiefly, I'm, I'm sure there's lots of subtle differences as well but yeah. chiefly obviously the the reason anyone really wants to play any of them is to get those racial transmog sets yeah um to be able to be like a I think even on the high mountain, I think you get the um, totems as well. I think you get some totems on your back and stuff like that. So you look very cool and you get like a very cool accessory. Um, but we will see. Yeah. Um, and obviously the Nightfall and joining the Horde, that's interesting. So currently in the game, uh, there's a conversation had between uh, Le- Lady Liadrin, um, the paladin uh, blood elf uh, leader, and uh, well, the leader of the paladins within the blood elves um and uh one of the guys from the uh suramar quest chain one of the the night fallen mm. and they talk a little bit about how the horde doesn't necessarily seem like the obvious ally for the blood elves and then she, you know lady the admin's like you know what the horde are pretty cool the horde are pretty solid they've always had our back um we like the horde yeah. and uh i can see how you know as the 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 night fallen now are making their way into the world, coming out from their bubble. They're starting to make that choice, and they've decided to ally alongside the Horde. So, kind of cool. Yeah, I, I like, think I, I like, I like to think... Here's my only twi- here's my little twist on the story. I like to add my own experience in there as part, of, as part of canon, because when I was in the city doing quests, I would work extra hard to stay not only in disguise, but not be... Uh, I avoided conflict, so I was few deaths as possible so i think they remember that they're like ah remember when gurp tread on our land and he he was here and he was real careful yeah he was honorable and i think that's why they they like the horde hey one quick uh, theory i wanted to get out of the way before we get too far into this and that is um it just uh, it's just occurred to me and if i'm right about this it'll be the greatest thing i was ever right about what if what if uh we 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 need resolution on on uh illidan we know that so what if the resolution on illidan is He's like, I'm done. I don't have to do this shit anymore. I can go and just go home and chill and re- basically retire from being whatever I am. So let's say he does that. 
uh, is all hypothetical. It goes in, goes up to, uh, 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 goes up north, uh, finds is like ah oh, the tree. I haven't been to the tree in a long time. This is great. Hey everybody, and he's hanging around the tree and he's and he's chilling. And then he's uh, one night wakes up in the middle of the night or something, and his scars are burning and they're burning hotter and hotter. And he's like, what's what my scars? He says. And what it I is, he's got, yeah. uh, he's, uh, there's a reaction from the, t- the little bit of light taint he got from, from, uh, the chandelier lady. And, and now he's burnt. Yeah. yeah. And it's burning and it's, oh no. And he basically emulates and, uh, bursts into flame. And, and it's so big and horrible that it, it, it really just burns down the whole joint. And then the Alliance says, all right, this is an opportunity. That must've been the horde. <laughs> Right. So but- um, this is so I love it. No, um, <laughs> and that is because we do actually know what happens. Oh, so we're yeah. gonna we're gonna take a step into spoiler territory now. All right. Um, and talk about what happens at the end of this expansion. Oh gosh, I so, do. All right, this is great. Now everybody listening, just you know, for real, we may be talking about things that you'll see soon, and if you don't want to hear this, yeah, I guess go out. Skip on from now. Yeah. Okay. So basically, in Antorus, Antorus is the engine powered by the titan soul of argus who's called argus yeah uh and he basically we fight his his uh, avatar his uh his self i guess in a big battle and we are joined by the souls and avatars of the pantheon the the, the original titan creators of um you know the the originators i guess of azeroth um you know who who helped shape the lands and the mountains and calm our turbulent war world from the old god infestation um it gets to a point in the fight where all hope is lost we are doomed sargeras himself uh is kind of descends from the skies um and uh sargeras stabs azeroth with a with his giant sword um and he stabs azeroth right in the syllabus oh Right oh, where it hurts. Ow. Um, which, again, is a zone that has had nothing really happened to it, even since Cataclysm. Um, and that is why Azeroth starts uh, bleeding Azerite, which is the currency we use, like artifact power, in the next expansion. Yeah. And that is why in the upcoming patch, there's a PvP battlegrounds where we battle over Azerite points and, and crystalline forms that are coming out of uh, now, Illidan, he basically, with the help of the Titan Pantheon, uh, or the remnants of their soul, uh, their souls, um, he helps trap Sargeras in the seat of the Pantheon, where, for all intents and purposes, he is the jailer of Sargeras um, and will keep him there for... 10,000 years and beyond, mm. uh, in theory, basically until we need him again. Right. So his character arc goes from that young, hopeful, fated night elf that was actually uh, imprisoned for 10,000 years for um, trying to actually save us from the Legion, although we didn't really know it, um, is now himself goes from prisoner to jailer of the Legion of Sargeras. So we have Sargeras trapped and Illidan, his jailer, the the person trapping him. 
before we leave the seat of the Pantheon, um, Illidan gives us some messages. And there are three messages. Uh, the first of which is to Malfurion. And it basically says, look, I'm sorry, brother. And Malfurion's like, well, um, you were still a bit of a dick. Uh, we then give one to Tyrande. And he says, Tyrande, I loved you. Um, whoops. And she's like, ah, you were still a bit of a dick. And the third one was to us, the hero. And it says, you know, like, there's more fights to come. Uh, you know, you've shown through this campaign that you are capable and that you actually could help save Azeroth and make a difference in the future. Um, good luck. And that's kind of the last we, we see of Illidan thus far. Now, he's not dead. He's just trapped in some ethereal plane to to stop Sargeras escaping. Mm. I'm assuming that he is fully capable of containing Sargeras there with the help of the rest of the Pantheon. Um, it'd be interesting to see as things spin out in the future. But for all intents and purposes, Illidan is the savior. Illidan does fulfill the prophecy in some ways of, of defeating the Legion. Um, but he is out of action. He is not going to be part of this story going forwards uh, as we currently understand it. Right. Now, obviously, Sargeras could uh, break out of his prison, uh, Illidan comes back, or Illidan comes back and Sargeras has become, you know, it's infest, infested him and he's now the avatar. Yeah, there's a billion and one things they could do. Um, just as, I mean, even Illidan being dead wasn't enough to stop Illidan not being used in future stories. Um, but as it stands, Illidan is is shelved uh, along with the Burning Legion as a concept. So it'd be interesting to see going forward, you know, what happens with the demon groups we meet. You know, demons will still be out there. The Burning Legion is still going to have people vying for control internally, but without the, the big bad guy as at the helm, right. uh, they've in essence been neutered. Also by destroying and defeating Antorus and Argus, we significantly damage or maybe forever stop uh, demons being immortal souls mm. that can just return to their bodies. Um, what, so are, what are the demon hunter? What are the demons hunters do regardless of what happens to their leader? When they go leaderless, they lose their the 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 tip of their spear. Really, if you well, can... yeah, I mean, they don't really have Illidan as a as a leader now. In that, you know, of course, they serve Lord Illidan, um, but um, I think they embedded themselves into the Horde and Alliance and will continue to fight for causes that are motivated by their factions so i think the you know it's just accepted that they're now gonna enjoy killing the opposing faction rather than themselves uh searching out bigger badder common evils mm -hmm. interesting so yeah that's so, that's interesting yeah, so, to me just yeah. because they're the they're the one uh well i shouldn't say the one because technically the you know the Anduin switch over is is a huge deal as well, but it just feels like they're the one thing that nobody's talking about. Like Illidan, just you know, despite where he may end up, this was a brand new, uh, not faction, but a brand new, uh, you know, uh, class brought into the game, uh, a brand new sort of uh, permanence that that was brought to the game, and now they don't have their head like everyone else seems to sort of have a, a head of what they do. Um, they don't seem to have that, and that's odd. There, are, there are some NPCs. There's, um, there's a guy called Jace. There's, um, there's 
a few yeah there's a few different uh demon hunters that will be used as the faction lead um to be honest with you the faction leaders in some of the kind of accompanying races that aren't the main original factions are a bit weak you know if you ask who was the faction leader of the pandaren you know it's it's two different people do you know which one they are no you know they're never really involved in anything even like someone like trade prince galliwix you know he's not really done anything outside of a few short quests in the shara you know it's um it's a series of 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 weaknesses that over time uh blizzard looks to kind of fill in the gaps and make it a little bit more coherent sure sure it's just it seems it seems like a major change but not really because you know they didn't exist before now they suddenly do i mean they existed before but they were just sort of a part of the bigger story now they're a thing you're playing and being and doing and and how that how that class moves into the next expansion and beyond is is at least kind of interesting uh to me now here here's uh here's a question that takes us back to laura on for a second if the alliance takes it back and it seems that they are meant to by all indications to creating a, a very red versus blue sort of scenario in the world map um where do the undead go where the forsaken go where where do they where so do they live the now? way they've done it is that up until level 110 the under city will still exist and you will play in under city and you will start off in in these thin kingdoms as a undead and you'll play through those lands and that will be the case once you hit 110 you do the battle for undercity style quest and you lose the rights to undercity as an undead and whoops that's just how it is yeah uh so um i think <laughs> you'll be able to visit bronze dragons to return to the phased old world version mm -hmm. um and this will be the same for Teldrassil as well. Um, so there's there's in-game mechanics to kind of allow people to skip back and forth if they are over 110. Uh, but ultimately, they are imagining that this is a progression thing. They don't really want to be caught up in, oh, now we've got to go back and fix this level 17 quest uh, because we deleted this thing. Oh, you know, They're just getting to a point now where they're just like, okay, cool. New phase, new world, evolution. You log in today, something different because time has passed. Right, 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 right. Now that so, I can see that, so it should be cool. Yeah. Um, we then on the kind of so returning to Battle for Azeroth. Yeah. Um, the Alliance are searching out for the help of um the Kulturans, um, and uh, they are on Kulturas, and that is a uh, an island uh nation. Uh, ruled over by some, I think it's three, but maybe more ruling families. And our questing experience there as the Alliance will be kind of winning the favor and uncovering the, the issues there are. Um, the gameplay that was out of BlizzCon that people would have had a chance to play or maybe see some of the streamers um, basically involves, um, it's, it's very much like a New England witch uh, kind of pilgrim you know salem witch trials type world that we're kind of getting into so um in the in the first kind of questing area that they showed off for the alliance it involves uh kind of solving the the, the riddles behind the curse of the town and uh, defeating some witches 
um, you come across a, uh, a sausage uh, factory um, where actually uh, a curse has befallen some of the workers and turned them into pigs. And uh, so there's all new brand new pig models uh, and uh, they look great. They look really cool. Some really cool pigs in, in Warcraft. So I think, um, you know, um, uh, Chris Robinson said in the in the instance panel you guys did there that, you know, sometimes they might make a new boar model and then go back and use that to populate other zones that they already had the old models in just to up the fidelity of the game. Yeah. So uh, I look forward to seeing these pigs rolled yeah. out. Across, I like a, I like uh, a good pig. A, a good, strong pig game is important. They look great. Yeah. They look great. And because these pigs are uh, sometimes human that have been turned into pigs, yeah. um, you tell that because they're still wearing some clothing. <laughs> so they've got like top hats on or glasses and stuff like that. It looks very cool. Um, but the idea there is that um, one of the ruling family's uh, daughters is thought to be a witch. So you have to save her and help her prove her innocence um, and then kind of help, you know, rid the Corterans of this kind of... Uh, disruptive influence that is currently going through them. Mm. Um, sorry, the, the, um, the Zandalaris even um, have a slightly different issue at hand. Um, they are under siege by uh, blood trolls and lots of other things going on. Um, their island contains a Titan facility that will be the first raid. And that's where we're going to learn a lot more, I think, about where the expansion is going. Because I hope that Titan facilities mean Titan prisons, and that normally means old gods. And so hopefully we can find out about, I don't know, Nazoth, or maybe a new old god. Maybe there's information we never had. Um, but that would then progress us on. We do know that we're going to fight Queen Ashara during this expansion as well. So she's a servant of Nazoth. Maybe she is the uh, the end boss, or maybe it's going to be something else. But holy moly, it's exciting to to explore those things. Yeah, I am very excited about that as well. Uh, do we um, do we have any idea if there's any? <laughs> this is a dumb question. Any lore or story behind the idea that some of the orcs can stand up straight now? If they so um, choose. I, I, I don't know. I think, again, obviously, because the hope is they introduce, um, like, the Frostwolf clan or something like that as a horde uh, faction, a sub-race, uh, because who wouldn't want to play as a cool, kick-ass, brown, uncorrupted orc? Um, that'd be amazing. Mm -hmm. And then if you've got upright orcs, then why can't the green guys stand up as well? Um, so in the law, the idea was is that part of the fell corruption caused them to kind of hunch over. Uh, visually, obviously, they look really cool and hulking. Yeah. You know, they've got so many muscles that they're just hunched over from you know the size and weight of their mass. Um, but yeah, both because because the the um, the Zandalari trolls are joining the the board, uh, so they're allowing uh, the Senjin trolls to also then be upright as the Zandalari trolls look. So um, you'll be able to switch in the barbershop or something to that effect. Oh, I didn't um, I didn't know the trolls were also getting that option. I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, basically, yeah, they're going to unhunch the trolls and uh, orcs if you choose to. Oh. And I love that because it adds more variety in the stances. I mean, when you see Thrall, Thrall is an upright orc. He yeah. doesn't hunch over right. in his new models and stuff. So that's cool. And it's because they wanted to have the proud, majestic, 
green orc kicking ass and why not um so yeah i don't believe there's any going to be any law reason for it i personally would love it they put in some goblin chiropractors maybe with some very frightening looking kind of bladed machinery uh and you're like really okay um because you know they should be able to make some money out of this as well i agree they yes i completely agree and also um i mean i was kind of hoping for a little bit of troll on troll hate uh zandalari's going yeah we can stand up tall and the rest of you are like primitives like well done we've evolved to a greater stance uh i was hoping for some of that and so i i didn't realize i'm sure there will be yeah yeah just in general i think you know just amongst players and some people want the purity of being the hunched over original troll this is the silhouette i fell in love with mm -hmm. this is what i'm about i'm a, i'm a you know i'm i'm super chill man and just you know hanging back just <laughs> lounging out um whereas the you know the the zandalari might be a little bit more sort of you know historically they've been the a-holes we've been killing a lot yeah. in like throne of thunder and um uh other other sort of even troll things well, we did some vanilla stuff where we had to kill them a lot I, I they were around. I don't know if the Zandalari were actually around in in uh, like Zulgarub. Um, I think that that was other troll factions. Yeah, there's a lot of them out there. Um, I think that Zandalari were pretty absent from a lot of it, but maybe not. Who did we kill? Uh, uh, maybe they were there. when when I was in. Um, oh, what's the name of the damn place? Uh, old Ulaman. No, old zone bunch of questy stuff i got i found henry there i forgot the name of the damn place uh anyway uh, it's just dirty with trolls. yeah stranglethorn Vale. tons and yeah. tons of trolls those were i don't know who they were aligned with but i always thought they were part of the zandalari thing but yeah I I, I, they they might be i'm trying to think because i i you wrapped up i think you wrapped up with the zandalari with the bijous from zulgarub yeah but I think it was like the Zandalari Empire or something like that, and it was it was a, like a lot of different trolls, and they were just heading it up. But I'm not too sure, top of my head. But I'm sure they were cool guys, and they were they were legit. Yeah, they were too legit to quit. Yeah, now they're full. Now they're full on horde buddies, so that'd be good. And for the record, um, uh, Garage Hellscream before his ultimate mm -hmm. demise when he wasn't in some sort of battle stance and ready to fight, which was quite often, but when he was just sort of standing there, he's he's pretty straight up stand up orc in terms of his posture. I know this is a small thing, but yeah, something to notice. No, uh, no, that know. sounds about right. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're about at the tail end of this. If you if you had, um, I mean, so what we know about the end of this, is of this expansion moving into the next one, so seven point three five, I guess. Um, is is a little bit there's a lot of unknown still they've been pretty good about keeping that stuff to themselves uh, a lot of that hasn't been data mined a lot of it none of it was really talked about at the event they didn't talk about this inter intervening content at all are there any uh, big surprises you foresee like for example we, we do see Jaina a little bit in the introductory in-game trailery thing that they showed we hear some mm. some uh, some voiceover from her where she's sort of coming to terms with the fact that though she's a, a been a peacenik tree lover tree hugger her whole life she's now come to the conclusion after you know theramore and all the other stuff she's experienced that you gotta we gotta fight you know we gotta do this i think she's yeah she's she's a, an older more mature lady uh she's she's lived through a lot um she's not as naive as she once was and i think just as 
you take anyone who's been in a an active war zone or seen atrocities committed, you lose faith in in whatever hope and you you held before. So she she believed always throughout her life that the Alliance and Horde could see eye to eye and and live in harmony. You know, she saw Thrall and she saw the Horde under him, and she believed that they weren't the devils that she was brought up to believe that they were. Mm-hmm. And then Garrosh went and dropped a bomb and killed everyone that she ever knew and loved. And that is, uh, that's going to change you. She's then gone through a lot uh, in war crimes uh, and uh, ties of war and stuff like that. She's she's kind of learned to to forgive in 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 part, but she's she's not necessarily been that friendly in game so in the kind of external novels she was kind of uh getting over the issues that she once had around uh the horde uh in the game she's like nope no horde in dalaran okay the horde are gonna be in dalaran well i'm not gonna be in dalaran then bye-bye and she's decided to kind of remove herself from that scenario i don't think that she would be instrumental in starting the war against the horde but I think she's very much ready to fight. Um, and even more so, the question is, is whether or not she feels abandoned by the Alliance. You know, have we let her down as well? Is she going to be kind of third faction, something else? Or will she take on the racial leader of the Kulturans? You know, they're currently led by um, her, I think it's her mother. Yeah. Um, so maybe her mother dies in this process and she steps up to become... The, the racial leader for the Kulturans. And so that's cool. That gives her a seat at the table yeah. with Anduin. Yeah. You know, it allows her, she kind of always had one, but she's there with the merits of, you know, she's leading the Navy, the island's uh, strengths. So that could be cool. Yeah. I, I, I think the time of, of Peaceful Jaina uh, is gone. Um, I hope the time of angsty, angry Jaina has gone. And now we just get a more sort of mature, decided, doesn't really care what you think about her, Jaina. Um, you know, she knows what is right or what she believes is right. Yeah. And that's what's important to her, I think, would be cool. Yeah, Jaina with resolve is a is a thing I could get into. Um, she's even, it, it's funny, even this this version of her with the white, you know, shock in her hair and, and yeah. her sort of angry thing has made its way into Heroes of the Storm now. She's a, that's a skin over there. A number of skins look like that. Um, yeah. So, so she's evolving. She's changing. I'm very curious about that. But I think gone are the rumors that this expand. I mean, it still could uh, by the end of the expansion. Who knows? But this next expansion, because Jaina was the key art at BlizzCon, she's the focus. She's going to be the big baddie, or she's going to you know fall from grace, or be turned into a thing, or whatever. I think some of that stuff has dissipated because. Uh, you know, clearly we've the, the focus of this expansion isn't necessarily on some weird corruption it again. Seem to be. Yeah, another. No, it doesn't seem to be, and, and that's good. Yeah, we've done a lot of that, and I'm not saying they can't return to that. I mean, it's a fun part of fa- fantasy. Fantasy tropes are, are coded in. Hey, something was corrupted. It used to be good, but now it's not. This city was once a glorious thing. Now it's a hellhole. Or this person. You know, it's all King. What's his name from Lord of the Rings? Uh, the Ro- Rohan guy. It's that idea. Yeah. It's that idea. But you know, Blizzard does it in real fun ways. Lots of characters. But I do think they've played that card a lot. It'd be nice to see uh, something else. 
Say so. So here's one. Okay, final prediction. End of this expansion, uh, or some at some point in the course of it. Uh, Sylvanas, does she remain Banshee Queen, head of the horde, or does does something very disruptive happen here where she is she is out of there? Because I can't see them doing that to Anduin. It just feels wrong that Anduin. I think yeah. The 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 issue is is we've gone from Thrall to Garrosh to uh, Volgin to Sylvanas, and meanwhile on the Alliance they've had no one, King Varenryn. Anduin win. Yeah. And so technically it's kind of the alliance's turn. But I think that the horde being led by non orc, I don't think it fits for me. Um and it's not to say, you know, anything on on other on the other factions and races within the horde. I just think for me, I would love to see Thrall return and or um someone like Saofang step up. Um, well, he was he was showcased nicely in the in the trailer. He so. was featured very heavily. Again, it's one of those things. It's like he's not wearing tier one warrior gear. <laughs> it's like, well, no, they've 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 updated it. It looks cool. He's wearing like his own thing. Yeah. Um, I I think, but the thing, Saofang technically is quite old, um, but he's always been an absolute badass within the horde and the alliance. You know, his cleave was a thing of legend. Uh, Alliance players, you know, if they were going to take on Thrall, they'd make sure they didn't mess with Southang. Because yeah. we could, as a raid, take down Thrall. We, his cleave would just go through a whole raid. <laughs> uh, the guy was a just, you know, an absolute juggernaut. Yeah. So um, I would like to see Southang as the next war chief. Yeah. I think that would work. He's a, he's a grizzled veteran of many battles. He's lived a lot. He was a voice of reason to Garrosh in Northrend albeit wasn't necessarily heeded. Um, I think it would be brilliant to have him be more front and center. However, it may just be that Saofang becomes the, the orcish racial leader. Um, Thrall, you know, is a great character, but we, we have kind of moved on beyond him now. Uh, it would be nice to have more of his story, though, because last we left, he was kind of just a bit... Uh, He's so, just a um, he's just a freaking hippie now. I mean, he came back for five seconds to kill Garage with a giant fist, and then he's just hanging out. Like he's where is he? He's in yeah, the, exactly. The, the, not the, I don't what's know, it called? I not mean, the Nexus. The criticism Thrall always used to get is that he was the the Mary Sue character. He was Metzen writing himself into the game, yeah, and uh, you know making him, uh, you know, oh now Thrall saves everyone. Everyone loves Thrall. Thrall's the best, and then. <laughs> Well, he could get Jaina, but he doesn't want Jaina. No, he can go for whoever he wants. Um, you know, it's um, it'd be interesting to see. Obviously, with Metzen having stepped away from the company, uh, if that means that it's just, you know, it's less likely to have Thrall, or actually more so if you know he's not doing anything else. Uh, he is recording VO stuff for Thrall in other games. Maybe it's worth using him more for the um, for, for Warcraft. You know. Interesting point. I hadn't thought about. I mean, I knew that there was always this Mary Sue thing going on with with Thrall, or the, the the people had said that in the past. But I'd never really thought about Thrall's uh, contributions and evolutions in the game matching up with Metzen. People always talk about, oh, Cataclysm mm. hit when he was when Metzen was being divorced, and and uh, Pandaria hit when he married Cat. And wow, look at the tonal there, you know, like, like his life would be reflected in the game. And, and I hadn't really thought about this, but Thrall 
sort of receded into the background right around the time Titan fell apart and kind of, you know, went into himself a little bit. And based on the interview I had with him, that, that kind of, you know, that tracks. Yeah. And then the fact that he's sort of been not involved at all since around the time he retired. I wonder if that's intentional on their part. I mean, to, to, to sort of I, I, keep him I, where he is. It may just be a reflection of reality. It may not be. I think, you know, I remember chatting to Metzen, uh after playing Wings of Liberty and just being like, holy crap, man. Is that, is, are you Jim Rayner? He was like, brother, you know, you have no idea. You know, it's like, you know, a lot of those kind of issues around Kerrigan and, and, um, and Jim and, and life and stuff. I think that Metzen has all great writers and storytellers puts a lot of themselves into their stories. They, that's where they draw their inspirations from their own experiences, their own life. Right. Um, and so um, I think that obviously now we've got Alex Afraziabi heading up uh, Warcraft. He's been doing a fantastic job. Uh, he worked you know, very closely with Chris over the years. Um, but I think equally he's going to want to stretch his wings and kind of, you know, strut his creative muscles. Um, and so, you know, kind of having Illidan in prison Sargeras who has been the bad guy for the history of Warcraft really uh, once it kind of was given some strong foundation of law by Metzen is now it's like you know Afraziabi's like okay so we're going to put Metzen in this box over here and now we start the new chapter we start the Afraziabi world yeah. and you know we've got the void lords you know the even greater bad guys um and um yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think, obviously, there's lots of people who work on it. It's not fair just to put it all on one person, be it Metzen or Fraziabi in, in any respective time right. uh, within the game. Right. But I think from a simplistic way of looking at things, you can definitely see some parallels between who's making the game and what's happening in the game. Yeah, uh, a lot of people are very happy with the direction it's been going. This last expansion was, was uh, you know, seemed to be evidence of that. And and also just a good um, how do I put this? There's like story people, they've always had to do this at Blizzard. Story people and technical people, meaning gameplay side and 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 story side, mm-hmm. have always had to work together. But it seemed to work real well in Legion. Like Legion was a strong uh, binding of those those two factions, <laughs> if they want to call them factions, uh, in the company. Yeah. So uh, I have no doubt that they that 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 leading forward that that's going to continue and. Uh, when I saw Metzen briefly on the on the show floor uh, at BlizzCon a couple of weeks ago, while he was walking around sort of incognito, he said uh, something to the effect that my children. Well, Kat put up a picture of them, and I didn't spot Chris. Like I, I was, I was, you know, I, I saw her, you know, I saw the kids. I was like, oh, cool, they're playing some Overwatch, yeah. and I didn't even recognize the guy with the <laughs> flat cap on yeah. and a big beard. I was like, oh crap, yeah, that's Metzen. If he bends his yeah. head over, you couldn't tell it was him. And mm. we we made that weird because when we when we got pictures, it, it was more head on, and a bunch of people saw us doing that, and then there was a bit of a you yeah. know a little throng yeah. that showed up. But but anyway, well, he was he was uh, he mentioned something about how it's all in good hands now. Like he's really proud of where all of these things are vented up. Like the Overwatch stuff, he was he was blown away by the the Reinhardt stuff, and you know these are things he hasn't had mm. a hand in because uh, it's been that long, and and it didn't seem like he felt like i mean well i mean what's he gonna say it's not like he's gonna say hey they're taking this in the wrong direction but but it it does seem to be and i believe him that he's really happy with where people are 
are taking it. Like the stuff is being well handled and, and you know, he'd be the first to tell you this was never just me. This was like some of my ideas and then fleshed out to huge extents by yeah. teams of hundreds of smart people and artists and conceptual people and people who changed my mind. And, you know, like there's, he's always been very humble about that, but it, it is nice to see that it seems like all of those original concepts, all of those characters that we've grown with and changed and seen or whatever have been, uh, you know, handed down to people who care. And that's, that's good. Again, you know, it's a company, they're making money, but within that structure, there are people who are passionate about these things and, and we are too. We're excited about it. We don't know what this expansion's uh, ultimate uh, goals are going to be lore wise, but we thought it'd be fun to, to hang out with everybody a little bit and talk about it. Um, so yeah, I, I you know it's I it, is are you as excited forever for what the the future may hold for the game? Oh yeah, in this yeah, regard? without a doubt. I mean, it, it's um, it's it's going to be a solid uh, expansion. I think it's it's tricky to kind of it's almost got that sort of um, cataclysm esque uh, kind of feel about it for me, in that it doesn't feel like we're not going anywhere uh dramatically new right in that we are going to these new islands and i think i need to play them and see them and experience them for myself certainly but it doesn't feel like um pandaria did in terms of uh you know like it's a whole you know shrouded world uh, but i guess it's kind of like catechism and pandaria in one uh i i would like to know where we're going i guess who we're gonna kill what's the big bad yeah um you know that is warcraft that's world of warcraft we have to fight you know it's not you know why do we fight it's what is worth fighting for i want to know what we're fighting for mm. you know is it for the alliance to win will the horde win are we going to fight to a stalemate are we going to fight to a peace um i don't want it to be futile right i want to feel like it's all worth something and so i guess at the moment there's so many questions because we don't know <laughs> uh, and we have to discover that i guess through the course of the expansion um you know is it worthwhile and when uh, um, um, I, I always yeah. go i always go back to that warcraft 3 cinematic where the orc and the human are just out in the field fighting and yeah. at the end they they see from the sky the uh, the, lead, the, the legions down, yeah, yeah the infernals start dropping like flies and they're left with just a, a hand a couple of hands floating in the water and you and and it feels like no matter what happens here, no matter how much animosity there is between each other, there will come a point like that again where you have to go. Oh, something bigger is at play, and everyone's survival is is at stake. And I I just can't imagine the game doesn't do that again. It always ends up doing that, right? Yeah, and that's the thing that can make these conflicts feel a little bit pointless. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, if you put this into our world. You know, we all unite to take down a big bad guy. We have a relatively, you know, successful period of peace. But then people start getting antsy again. Mm -hmm. And maybe this is just a sad reality of, of human life. Yeah. Uh, that we, you know, we're doomed to be warring against someone <laughs> and have conflict with someone at some point. So, yeah, who knows? That's probably why it resonates. Well, uh, I want to thank everybody for listening today. Thank you guys very much. Um, I hope you're enjoying your Thanksgiving weekend, those in the States. If you don't live here, uh, you're probably just having a normal weekend. I'm excited for you I as well. I have turkey still. It oh, was lovely. Oh, lovely. That's good. Um, if you want to contact us, uh, theinstance at gmail.com is our email address. You can also just visit the website 
theinstance.net. All the links and information and stuff can be found right there. Follow Terpster at the underscore T. Follow me at Scott Johnson. I think that's going to do it. Uh, Terpster, have a fantastic week, and may may all your givings thank be you. thanked as well. Thank you. No, thank you. Yeah, and thank you. may all Theramore corpses forever be covered in mana. We'll see you guys next Aww. time. <laughs>